Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hober? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm in a great mood, Shane. Mm. You hit me up. I don't know if you th- if you think I was kidding or what, but no, I've been at the bar yeah. drinking <laughs> with our buddy, uh, old Ty Richardson up there, ESPN Arkansas. He's in town, so wanted to stop by for some lunch, and one thing led to another, and I'm a couple deep, so I'm ready yeah. to talk some football. Yeah, I pulled you away from the bar. I, usually it's the other way around, Mike, so I... <laughs> Uh, you're you're like, do I have time for another round? I was like, well, let's go ahead and do this before we get carried away. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, getting carried away, Shane, let's just get right into the action because we got a, a fun idea. We're going to be able to hit on all 14 SEC teams. Of course, it's game week. We got Vanderbilt, Hawaii. I yeah. Mean, we are literally days from SEC football, so we're going to talk some, some Vandy football here in a minute. We got a, a great vandy guests lined up mm-hmm. i don't know if that's going to come out thursday or friday may hold it back for friday just to be more of a preview but uh be on the lookout for that but hey man talking about getting outrageous here did you see nick saban got him a contract extension <laughs> today shane yeah i think it it's till he's 94 95 <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> yeah so nick saban the highest paid coach he deserves it i mean he's the greatest yeah. of all time uh he, he signed through 2029 20, through the season it's actually 2030 but the contract runs out in february 2030 so it's through Mm -hmm. the 2029 season and i just think it's hilarious shane kirby smart wins a national championship he's the highest paid in the in the nation yeah alabama turns around says hell no he's not (laughs) nick saban's the highest paid coach and hey this is just the the battle of uh not that these guys don't deserve every penny they get particularly nick saban and kirby smart but yeah it is just hilarious to see them uh jockeying for that top salary spot you know what well i saw that so I, saw, I was joking about the age but this thing's uh supposed to run out when he's 78 years old mike and i gotta ask do you think he hits it does is nick saban still coaching alabama at the age of 78 years old Hell no. I don't think so. Now, we've been putting him in the retired category for about five seasons now, so I'll probably be dead wrong, Shane. But, I mean, it's not like he's really slowing down too much. I I give him a little bit of hell for, uh, you know, Alabama's defense has not been the juggernaut they were several Mm -hmm. years ago. But, hell, that offense is high-flying, and they get quarterback after quarterback. And and I even wonder if, uh, you know, this is something that we talked about, Shane, when Arch Manning committed to Texas. Is there whispers out there that the Manning family knows he's not going to be around for four more seasons? Right. I don't know. Maybe a contract like this eases the mind of the next five-star, number one overall quarterback they go after, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's being brought up in all the living rooms across the country that – Nick Saban may not be around for the next three to four years, uh, but I, I just don't see it, Mike. I've been trying to retire this guy for, for half a decade now, and I just I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I don't know if you saw this, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, NASCAR, did you see the sponsorship with Alabama here? No. What, what so, What's going on with that? Yeah, so I, I saw – I mean, it was just minutes after we heard the Nick Saban thing. Uh-huh. NASCAR is apparently going to be sponsoring the entire 
Alabama Crimson Tide Athletics Department this year. Uh, is a it was a one year deal, so so it could be longer, but it's the first time it's ever happened, and I just thought, you know, I never thought of it like like I mean we know this is a business, but is this the next evolution? You know, we see all these NIL deals and all these kids getting paid, and now you got the athletic department saying, wait, why are we getting no scratch? So you can afford to pay coaches more money and, and things. So I just thought that was very, very interesting. I'm, I, I want to see how this plays out. We, we may get to the end of the year and not even notice. You may just seen a, a couple of NASCAR ads while you're down there in Tuscaloosa, but I don't know, man, it, it could be opening up the doors for the next uh, stage of college football. I'm just glad things are finally going right for Alabama. You know what? They, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, NASCAR is trying to save, you know, they're, they're trying to build their market and, uh, there's not a better, uh, not a better wagon to hook, hook up to than, uh, than Alabama, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Hey, someone that's trying to be the next Alabama Shane is the Florida Gators, Billy Napier, of course, coach mm-hmm. under savings, coach under Dabo. And I just want to hit on this real quick, but did you see there's a photo, the team photo is out. Mm-hmm. And there's about 300 people in the damn photo because they have hired, you know, 140 plus staff members down there. <laughs> they basically, the, the the team photo takes up an entire section of uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I mean, it's the, it's the most wild <laughs> team photo I've ever seen. You know what? Oh, I love it. I'd not seen this photo. So can I, let me just pause it here for a second because I'd like to see it. Okay, I'll, I'll send it to you. Introducing your 2022 Gators football team. Golly, Mike. I mean, there's more coaches you're, and players. I think you're right. I think there – can we put – we'll put this on the uh, on the Twitters here in a little bit, so if you're curious and want to see the photo, but you are absolutely correct. There are more <laughs> blue shirts than there are jerseys lined up there. I love it, man. I love it, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, build it. Build it. You know what I'm saying? Just have surround yourself with people that want to be there – uh, I, the more, the merrier. I, I hope, I doubt all these people are even getting paid. They may not even be working for him. You know, it's like bring your wife to work today, you know, or something like that. I, I, that's the only thing I can guess, but, uh, the more, the merrier have them, have them down there because they're building something, Mike, they're building a new family. Uh, you start that with coaching staff, you start that with relationships. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you seen some coaches go to the next level that started as a quality assurance guy, you know, or an analyst for it's, it, you know, not really getting paid, but then, you know, gets the opportunity. Uh, we're hell. We're watching one off hard knocks, uh, the coach up there in Detroit, right? You know, that's, that's how he started. He, he didn't, he didn't start out coaching. He just worked his way up. So I think this is good, man. Establishing a, a, a large base of staff, not just players. Yeah, two coaches for every player. What could you know? That's gonna <laughs> result in something good. You know what? Absolutely. If you got your eyes on, on, I mean, because somebody may see something that the other coach isn't. So, like you said, more eyes on the field ain't a bad thing. We'll but uh, lots of, that's a lot of opinions in the locker room, though. You know. <laughs> Stayed in the East Shade. Let's kick it over to uh, Columbia real quick. Where this is probably going to be the final chapter, the final you know <laughs> yeah. content we could squeeze out of this, but. Oh, Shane Beamer, uh, during his latest media availability, asked about these Mark Stoops comments, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting. So let's kick it over to him. And also, have you talked with Mark Stoops since last week that whole thing happened? <laughs> Question two. You had to, like, the layup on the first one before you came in with that one, huh? I have not. Um, 
I have not talked to Coach Stoops, no. I um, saw what he saw the quote from SEC Media Days on Marty and McGee. I saw the statement that he made last week. Um, you know, and I appreciate Coach Stoops saying that it wasn't directed at me. Uh, like I said on an interview the other day, we have great respect for uh, – I have great respect for Mark and his program and the Kentucky, the Kentucky program. Um, I know when the basketball coach at Kentucky – made the comment that he did about the football program that Mark said that he stays in his lane. So I can't imagine he would have gotten out of his lane to direct a shot at me. And uh, I said it the other day in an interview, Mark was very complimentary of our program before we played them last season. And in fact, two or three of his assistant coaches came up to me during pregame warmups last year to comment on the culture of our program and how impressed they were with it just from watching videos on social media and things like that. So I, uh, it is what it is, and uh, he's got his program to worry about, and I've got mine to worry about. But, no, my respect for him is still still high in, in that program as well. All right, Shade. So, hey, maybe even a little jab here from, mm-hmm. from Beamer directed to Stoops, <laughs> noting the old yeah. Calipari controversy. But uh, what would you think of these? Yeah, one last blow. That's what that was, you know. I mean, and all you married couples know. We all have been there, you know. As married couples, you have that little spat or you said something you shouldn't have. Like, I'll never forget one time my wife was asking me about mashed potatoes that she made. I said, oh, they're good, you know. I said, you know, they're not as good as mom's, but they're pretty damn good, you know. And that didn't go over so well. So when I'm going in for the second helping, you know, it's like, I got that comment. If it was so bad, then why are you getting another helping? You know, so that just felt like one of those list one last shots, one last gets. You know, and and uh, we can put this thing to rest. And I, I, again, I cannot wait for this game. I already, you know, we're we're ready for any football, but suddenly yeah. K- Kentucky, South Carolina's got all new meeting uh, this season, don't you think? Oh yeah, stay in yeah, stay in his lane. Man, this just I mean, you know what I'm saying? That is that's that one comment you say, Oh yeah, he, Stoops better stay in his lane. Yep. That's what he's saying. So <laughs> yeah. And anyway. You know, on the last episode, Chad, we were talking about uh, the SEC moving closer to that mm-hmm. nine game conference schedule, which would give you three permanent rivals. Well, Texas A and M's A D Ross Bjork was uh, recently on Texags. Uh, yeah. A show I know well there, but uh, <laughs> did he get his ass chewed? <laughs> <laughs> he did not, Shade. But what he had said, I mean, based on his comments, uh, we don't have the clip here, but just really what I really wanted to, to share with the audience. Again, he suggested again it's moving towards a nine-game model as well, and kind mm-hmm. of the key thing there, he says for A and M, Shane, if they move to a nine-game, what they are being told their three permanent rivals would be Texas. Mm-hmm. which would be fantastic. LSU, yeah. which, you know, there's Ooh, a okay. budding rivalry there. And then Mississippi State. So I, th- I think huh. if you're an A&M fan, I think you're pretty happy with uh, – I, I know Arkansas, maybe you'd want them in there. But, heck, you can't do a whole lot better than, than Texas, LSU, and, and Mississippi State as your permanent rivals, I would think, in the SEC. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, the Mississippi State one, I think that was just one last, you know – we got to make it even. <laughs> right. can't, we can't give Texas A&M everybody because you want to, but uh, I, I I feel like that's what that was. But man, this is this is going to be nice. Seeing that Texas Texas A&M game again 
fired up, brother. I mean, even as a kid, not even a fan of that conference. That's a game I still watched because it was such a heated rivalry. So to have that one back, yeah, I'm all for it. And I don't know if he was actually reporting this, Shane, but I did read a uh, an, an article from a guy who's been covering the Oklahoma Sooners for a long, long time, Barry Trammell. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. And, and he was kind of saying that um, it sounds like to him Oklahoma and Alabama would play every year in this 3-6 format. So, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, that you know that obviously be a new rivalry, but – That'd be a pretty interesting matchup, don't you think? Yeah, that'd be something. I mean, obviously, you would think Tennessee and Auburn would be the other, the mm-hmm. other two there. So, uh, yeah, that's a tough little schedule. I know, I know. Right now, Bammers, you know, they're on top. They're on cloud nine. Ain't nothing going wrong. We'll stay up here forever. But there's gonna come a time, man, when <laughs> when the, we, we've been saying this for twenty years now. But I'm just saying there will come a time. When uh, these pods, you know, may may mean a little bit more. And, and yeah. I think if you have Oklahoma and Tennessee, these are both storied programs that have have a pattern of, of going down and coming up. And, you know, I, I think that can make for some great, great TV, man, is, yeah. is watching that. So I'd love to have it. I, I think it's unusual. I think there's three other teams I would probably put with Oklahoma, but I'm not going to argue Alabama being one of them. Yeah, and the way Barry Trammell wrote it, Shane, he said, you know, would Alabama mind playing Oklahoma every year? And he said, well, hell, Godzilla don't mind who he's eating every week. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on a T-shirt, man. I love that. (laughs) But all right, hey, Shane, before we get to the show topic here, just real quick, it is game week. Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. is already in Hawaii, Shane. They're preparing to face them Rainbow Warriors in that high school stadium. Uh, yeah. so we got some comments here, Shane. I didn't even realize this. This is this is a fascinating stat. Hawaii has got 53 new players mm. of its 85-man scholarship uh, roster here. So 53, you know, well over the 50% mark there. New faces for Hawaii. You- now, I got to ask. So, I mean, that's a lot of faces, Mike. Yeah. Are we talking not all freshmen, right? I would imagine it's a mix of freshmen and transfers, but yeah. this is the new NCAA rule to where, hey, if you don't got 85, you can sign as many players as you as you need to get to that 85 <laughs> limit. So, hey, Hawaii is clearly taking advantage of that rule. You know what? How easy would it be to recruit? I mean, if I, think about that, Mike. <laughs> if If you had a guy that's going to Wichita State or something, you know, just yeah. pick up the phone and say, do you – do you like Hawaii? Do you want to live on this beautiful island that this old farts try to get to every year with their wives? Yeah, sign me up. I think that would be the easiest. So I'm I'm kind of curious. This is like a poor man's old miss, you know. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but uh, I still think it's a it's a tall glass of water coming up for them flying Hawaiians this year. Yeah. So let's kick it over to Clark Lee real quick, who talks about. Getting there to Hawaii, Shane, he says they had to wake up at 1 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Nashville time, the first day to get app- acclimated and, and really facing a unknown with Hawaii because, hell, you, you got 53 new players, you got a new coaching mm-hmm. staff. There's a lot. We're Even we are hearing the buzz that, that on that island. They are fired up about this game. Absolutely. Fired up about this team, uh, the challenge of, of facing all that. So we've seen a little video from your first practice. I'm just curious. I'm on Monday, the day after you guys get there, what was it like 
tempo-wise, energy-wise, all that stuff as you get acclimated? Yeah, you know, it's a, I mean, it is an adjustment. And I think, um, I think for those of us, for all of us that woke up at, you know, one in the morning, raring to go uh, yesterday morning, you realize your body needs some time to tackle I want to just compliment Vanderbilt, you know, for, you know, and Candace Lee, her leadership for getting us here. You know, I think I, I really feel like I feel grateful to be here because, you know, we want to be, we want to be at our best um, come kickoff on Saturday night. And it does take time to, uh, to adjust. Um, as far as the energy goes, um, you know, we had a, we had a, a shorter day of work intentionally, just because we knew the, um, the trip would take a physical toll and obviously a, a mental toll as well. Um, but it was spirited and, and, um, I think the guys were excited to be out here. I think the change in, in scenery is, is a boost. You know, I think it's something that they are excited about and, um, we had a good day of work today will be important. Today will be a typical Tuesday for us where, um, we'll be in full pads and we'll be, um, competitive. And so, you know, it'll be, um, here now as we're getting acclimated important that we get connected to our our typical routines you've had more time to look at hawaii you know with all that roster turnover and the coaching staff turnover what are you expecting in terms of the type of team you know stylistically that you're going to play well I mean, they're going to be tough and they're going to be um i mean we're we're expecting a fight this is a proud program um They've been to bowl games five of the last six years. They won 10 games in 2019. They beat two power five teams that season. Um, you know, this is, this is a, a you know, um, a well-known to be a difficult, a challenging place to play. I think the unique nature of the environment that we're in now uh, is, um, you know, is, is going gonna, is gonna to make it uh, uh, especially challenging. Obviously, their head coach is a, is a Hawaii legend and a guy that, um, you know, um, there's a lot of energy around on the island and uh, in support of his his, um, you know, the early the early build in his program. Um, and so, again, you got a prideful group that's that's um, got an opportunity to play against a, an SC team here to open the season at home. They're going to they're going to be up for the fight. And, you know, we're going to have to really be um, I said this before, but you know, beating the trips important, like staying focused and winning in our preparations important. You know, um, this week, you know, we have we have a number of activities that we're doing to try to connect our team to this culture and environment to make sure they get something out of the experience beyond just playing a football game. And, you know, we're gonna have to be, be really good at creating boundaries for ourselves where we're laser focused when it comes time to, to prepare for Hawaii, but but also you know, have the chance to, you know, let our hair down, even though I don't have that opportunity any longer. Um, but, um, you know, in the end, <clears throat> by the time we get to Saturday, it's about, you know, self-mastery and and our ability to, to find our highest level and then focusing our energy on defeating the opponent. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of steps um, for us to get to Saturday and feel like we, we, um, we're gonna be at our best, but Hawaii's tough, they're prideful, um, they've got energy around this, uh, new coaching staff. Um, you know, we expect them to, um, to come out swinging and we're going to have to not just answer that, but, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to step into the arena, ready to, ready to be at our best from the very start. And, um, for, for us as a young team, that's, you know, still building out our identity, that's going to be a, a challenge, but I'm excited for it. And I think our team is excited for it. And, um, 
you know, I know they're ready to play against another opponent. I'm sure Hawaii feels the same way. So it'll be, it'll be a fun way to start the season. All right, Chase. So again, hey, Clark Lee and them, Commodores already on the out. You know, I think it's a great move that, uh, you know, they went out a week early to get acclimated because mm-hmm. there's real danger, uh, obviously, with the time zone and the travel and everything of just, you know, not being fully prepared. And, and we know that derailed Vanderbilt really early last year. So, um, you know, getting there early, getting prepared, getting ready yeah. and, and experiencing because obviously they didn't get a bowl trip last year. So. It's almost like a almost like a bowl trip to start the year. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a hell of a lot better start than they had last year when they lost to old ETSU. See, all the coaches got together on this one, Mike. He says, you need to go in there. Tell them we need to be over there a week early so we can just get used to the time zone. That's what we'll tell them. That, that's, that's straight out of Shane's playbook right there, brother. <laughs> I've been trying to get you to buy us a ticket to Hawaii for a month now. So uh, clearly we're not going to be doing a live show, and that's Mike's fault. But anyway, I I, know, I joke, but I just think it's funny. You know, it's like, would you be doing this in Idaho? I mean, with the time change and everything, you'd probably be like, well, we should probably go there like two days early. Right. Stay at the Holiday Inn Express or something. But no, it's like Hawaii. We should be there half a month early because we got to get acclimated with the weather there in Hawaii. <laughs> but all right, Shade, uh, the, the show topic for this episode, you know, we really love to hit on all 14 teams if we can. Yeah. But we got to co- come up with creative ways to do it. And I think you're going to like this one, Shane. One thing that we are just dying to see from each SEC team this fall, so we, this will give us an opportunity to hit on every single team. How's that sound, brother? Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. <laughs> and I'll I, I'll go right off the bat here, Shane. Alabama, you know, there's okay. there's a lot to pick from with the Crimson Tide, but for me, I'm dying to see this running back, Jameer Gibbs, that they got from Georgia Tech. So much mm-hmm. buzz, so much hype. Uh, he's a do-it-all running back. He can obviously run out of the backfield, but also catch. He can line up in the slot. Hearing a lot of Alvin Kamara buzz, a lot of mm. dark horse Heisman buzz. Um, if he's as good as they say, I mean, not <laughs> not that Alabama needed more help, but uh, they, they may be unstoppable on offense. Oh, that's a good one, Mike. And it's one that I questioned because I, I, I still think it's going to be somewhat of a committee back there, but yeah. – um, I, I may be wrong, you know, Gibbs may take the world by the balls, you know, and, and may be a potential Heisman candidate. It's been a while since we had a running back. I mean, he's in the perfect system for it. Um, I can see it. And there's a lot of excitement and buzz coming from camp about him. So, I mean, it just seems like it's lining up, but for me with Alabama, Mike, what I want to see is just freaking attitude. Here's a program that was very, I mean, Think about they they only lost a couple of games and they are just pissed off. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 this whole even when they were at the media days, it was we did we left a lot on the field and they don't want to make that same mistake again. So I my big one, Mike, is just attitude. You know, there's there's been plenty of games that you go in and Alabama's up 30, 40 points by halftime I'm expecting that this year I'm expecting them to make this a statement because they were just told Georgia Bulldogs are better than them Shane was down there telling them Texas A&M's better than them (laughs) not that they lost any sleep over that 
But there's there's all these programs out there, you know, that they keep making these cute stories that this is the next Alabama. But I want to see just how pissed off these seniors are, how pissed off these upperclassmen are, how pissed off the Heisman winner is. And, and I want to see it brought to the field. And I'm just curious how it plays out, man. Do they play it safe or do they just – they go balls to the wall and we look back and say, damn, that's one of the best Nick Saban teams I have ever seen. Mm. Now how about for the Arkansas Razorbacks, Shane, for me – it's these receivers that we keep hearing yeah. all this buzz about. Matt Landers, Jadon Hazelwood, Warren Thompson, Keychon Jackson. I'm even throwing in the tight end, Trey Knox. I want to see what these guys bring to the offense. Uh, you know, we're so high on what the Razorbacks can do, but the confidence I'm hearing with this group is making me think the Razorbacks can take that to another level. And, hell, I, I said I was hanging out with Ty Richardson, Shane. He's making plans for the SEC championship game. I mean, he they're all jumping on the bandwagon right now. The high hopes for the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, for me, I'm dying to see these receivers and if they live up to the hype because if they do, my goodness, I think Arkansas could hit another level. Man, that's a good one. Maybe I should have went first. You're stealing all the good ones here. <laughs> but I am going to piggyback off that. One of the comments you made here recently is the Heisman hopeful, yeah. K.J. Jefferson. And – you know, when you think about Heisman quarterbacks, there's always one or two games that they really show up to. You know, I I, th I think of the Cam, you know, the Cam bag. I, I think of all these, I think of uh, Johnny Football. Yep. Uh, you know, just some of these amazing quarterbacks that came through the SEC. They all had those moments. And I think in that little bunch of the Alabama, the Texas A&M, Mississippi State, we're going to have to have one of those games. And can K.J. do that? You know, he's got talent. We, we're, we're hearing glowing remarks of these wide receivers. Um, you know, I think this defense is going to be better. I, I think that they've got all the tangible pieces to make some real noise in the SEC. But there's still going to be some games that is going to come down to the arm of K.J. And can he be that Heisman candidate? Can he take – the game over and that's what i want to see is uh just a heisman moment does he have it in him yeah now how about for the auburn tigers shane for me this may be a little too easy of a prediction or, or what i want to see what everybody wants to see but i need to see the progression from tj finley shane because mm -hmm. i think we were all expecting him to at, at best be the backup particularly yeah heck just a couple weeks ago he got arrested i you know, I thought at the time, I was like, well, there there goes his shot. But by all accounts, I mean, he's taken this offense over. He knows the playbook better than anybody. He's the leader on the field. And he has got to take that next step up because if he's starting because they just – a lack of options, so to speak, which I'm not saying that's yeah. the case. But if that is, you know, Auburn's going to be in real trouble. Whereas if he has truly taken the next step in his game – and this is a guy that even when he was back at LSU, Coach O was saying, this guy's an NFL quarterback. If mm -hmm. the light has turned on for him, so to speak, uh, you know, Auburn could be a very, very dangerous team. So that that's kind of where I got my eye on T.J. Finley and, and his progression. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple things I'm looking for with Auburn, and, and some of it's fan-related, brother. We've talked about this on past shows. You know, the – the locker room was divided. The, the, the boosters were divided. Mm -hmm. 
But this fan base never really gave up, and and I, and that's what they're going to need. They start out the season, what four games in a row at home? Is that how many is? Is it four or six? How many is it? I think it's uh, six of the first seven. <laughs> yeah, so six of the – think about that, Mike. Six of the first seven, and if if we can make the Plains a hostile environment, that's what I want to see is, is forget all the noise, forget the firing, forget the hot seat talk. Just, you know, take advantage of the moment and the fact that you've got that many home games right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Make it a dangerous play. I think that's what I want to see is just the the buy-in from the, from the students, buy-in from the fans. I also want to see, Mike, just uh, somebody else pop up. How many times have we watched an Auburn Tiger team and we thought they were this was a down year? You know, they got this guy, maybe this guy. You know, I, th I feel like that's what we're doing now. We was like, well, we've got the tank, but, you know, we still don't really know how the receiver room's going to play out. We need somebody to really step up and be the other guy or to be the other guys, plural. You know, they're going to need some help, and they're going to need some of that talent that we're not talking about right now to step up. So who is that? Mm. That's what I want to find out. Who's the who's the next best great Auburn Tiger to come out? So fans and I just need I need a little help. I need a little hope in that program and we're going to get that, I believe Mike with some of their weapons that that we're just not familiar with right now. And I pulled up the schedule Shane, it's the first 5 games at home and Jeez. 6 of the first 8 at home. So I mean any way you slice yep. it, that, that's a hell of a slate for all yeah, of them. Four to six, so I should have took the average there. So <laughs> five, you know, the first five games, if you can win the first five games, mm -hmm. think about that. You just got to get one more and you're in a bowl. And I don't think that's going to make people happy, but that's going to keep Brian off a hot seat. Right. And you do that by creating a loud environment, and, and I think they can do that, man. I think they can create that momentum and that buzz, uh, but it's, it's going to take a lot of people working. Yeah. Now, how about for LSU, Shane? There's a lot of unknowns with the Tigers. Mm -hmm. We were talking on one of the recent episodes is defensive line and how touted it is and everything. Mm -hmm. I want to see how that unit comes together in this new defensive system under Matt House. Not that I have any doubts about them, Shane, but you got to remember they're playing Florida State in the opener. And Florida State, from what I understand, is one of the top rushing attacks in the ACC their quarterback set a record for for all time rushing yards in a single season. So they're going to be tested right out the gate. And then of mm -hmm. week three, Mississippi State comes to town. That defensive line has got to take over if they're going to defend Tiger Stadium and beat Mississippi State. So uh, of all the things to, to kind of be locked in on on LSU, for me, I, I want to see this defensive line and how dominant they are. Yeah, I want to see – out of all the quarterback controversies floating around the SEC, this one is really tight, Mike. I really do think that we see both these guys play. So if I'm thinking about what I want to see, not only do I just want to see what this offense looks like, mm -hmm. I want to, you know, we've seen Coach Kelly, we've seen him play at Notre Dame every now and then, 
But with SEC talent, what does he do down there in Baton Rouge? That's what I want to see is, is I don't know, just the, the next chapter. I mean, because we're – face it, you're stuck with this guy for a few years, Mike. So, does, how quick does this offense change? We saw uh, what Hopple did when he came to Tennessee. He quickly reversed this thing. But we've also seen coaches come in, and it's been a slow go of things. Right. So, how quickly uh, is this a, a Coach Kelly offense, or is it going to be a hybrid this season? But honestly, that all boils down to quarterback play, and and I want to see who he picks, and do we see both of them? Because I, I truly think that this is one of the uh, uh, Jaden's getting the the hop right out of the gate. But I, I think Nussmeyer, it's going to be tough to keep him off the field just because he is a very, very talented quarterback. And how does that change the offense? And how does he use it together? We may have two quarterback situations. So um, that's that's my main thing is just quarterback play and positioning. Now how about for Ole Miss, Shane? Again, that almost the same deal as uh, LSU. So much unknown, so many things you could be circling in on, but – for me, it's the guy I've been hyping up like no other, the tight end Michael Trigg. I want to mm-hmm. see how Lane Kiffin utilizes the standout running back as well as I'm going to throw in the running back, Shane Zach Evans, Eusilius Bentley, the mm-hmm. two transfers that looked incredible in the spring game. I want to see how Lane Kiffin meshes all these new toys on that offense, which, hell, we, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but as long as he's getting the ball to these guys, they should be just fine there in Oxford. Yeah. Also, I want to see. I want to see momentum. Um, here, here's a program that's got a lot of players that have never played together, mm-hmm. and uh, they got a very fa- favorable schedule right out of the gate. How do, how does that continue when they hit Kentucky? Is is this team going to be hitting on all cylinders? Um, you know, the good thing about a, a guy like Matt Corral, he was a true team leader. He was a guy that that was a coach on the field, and. I don't know how that plays out this year at this moment. Now, we may be two, three games in. We can identify some of our leaders on that side of the ball, but is it ready when SEC play comes in? So that's that's for me is I just want to see how quickly this this locker room gels, how quickly the the offense gels, the defense gels. Uh, and, and, you know, because if they're working as one unit – then they're not going to make those boneheaded mistakes that that some of these other programs have made in years past. So that's for me. A lot of new faces, you know. Everybody's, you know, didn't know each other. It's like new kid at school. You you don't know him. You don't you don't know if he can hang out with you just yet. But I, I they've got to have it going by. I mean, by week one, they've got to have it going. But definitely before SEC plays. So just how quick does Coach Kiffin bring these boys together? Now, how about Mississippi State, Shan? We keep hyping up the Bulldogs like no other, but. You know, one aspect of the team we can't overlook is that offensive line and losing both starting tackles. And, you know, in in Leach's first year, that was just such a nightmare. They couldn't get this blocking down properly. We all know how often they throw the ball down there. Mm -hmm. So if they can't pass protect, I mean, all of a sudden, Mississippi State's high-flying offense is, is stuck in neutral. So... You know, that may be a little bit of a boring answer, but everywhere else, I feel like they're they're experienced, they're loaded, they're bringing everything back. It's all about that offensive line for me. Yeah, well, it's all about offense for me. <laughs> Will Rogers, this is a guy that's not getting as enough hype. This is a team that's not getting enough hype. You do that by punching the conference in the mouth, and yeah. I think that's exactly what the Pirate and company can do here. So 
I want to see it cut loose, man. I want to see 600 yards passing in a game. <laughs> I want to see everybody getting touchdowns. And this, that you know, the high flying that we were expecting down there at Mississippi State, this is when it comes to fruition, Mike. And so I just want to see – I want to see Rodgers take that next step and, and be a true – captain on that field I, I keep I know I reference this a million times but when I saw that interview with him and uh, uh Gardner Minshew uh-huh. and, and he said there there was a there was just a time when he knew he could let let him play and and it and if you could do that with Will Rogers that think about it. I know it's just two three seconds but if you can if you can give him enough time to do that I mean you can catch defenses off guard you can just you can just really put these guys in in a in a tough spot and that's what I, that's what Will needs to do so just the next evolution of of quarterback play here because I really out of all the quarterbacks we talked about man you want to talk about a Heisman candidate at the end of the year Will Rogers could be that guy he could easily be standing on that podium and it and it just he, he's just got to cut the loot they got to cut him loose let him play yep all right, how about A&M, Shane? I mean, loaded, loaded roster, but the one group that they've even had talent, but the production has not matched it in my mind, receiver. I am mm-hmm. dying to see this Evan Stewart in action, number one receiver, MVP of the camp there in spring, living up to the hype. They're saying he's unguardable. I know they got Anaya Smith, but what do they got? Now, they've got some nice pieces uh, around that core, but Still waiting for a number one to emerge, and I know he's a true freshman, but the hype suggests that Evan Stewart could be that next dominant receiver in the SEC. For me, it's all about Evan Stewart because whoever the quarterback is, he's going to need some receivers to step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of hype coming out from Texas A&M, all positions, especially on that offensive side. And with that, Mike, becomes ex- high expectations. Mm-hmm. There, there's times when A&M gets lost in national championship contention because they're not fun. They're, they really aren't. There's some times when they, they let some of these programs hang around till half or, or they win by two scores. And it's they, they can't have that, Mike. This, is, this isn't that year. This isn't that roster. This isn't a team that we should go into a Miami game saying, you know, well, I think they're a two point or a two score favorite. No, they they need to be a thirty point favorite. They they don't go to Arkansas and say, well, this is a fifty fifty game. No, if you're really a championship football program, there's there should be no doubt you come out and you beat the Razorbacks. That's that's where I think Jimbo is, and and you know you've had arguments down there with the Tex Ag guys and, 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 you know, they tell you how good everything is. Well, is it, you know, I, I think, I think it has been okay, but they're still, you look at 2020, 2021, there was a lot of games that shouldn't have hung around. It shouldn't have come down to a score with, with Colorado state or Colorado, you know, it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been a, a halftime you know, one score ball game with some of these these shit teams that they've played. This is a Texas A and M team that should be up three or four scores, just like we talk Alabama, where we joke about, well, it's going to be forty nothing at half. That's exactly what Texas A and M should be doing when they play some of these these joker teams. Yeah. So uh, I, I just I don't know. Just I want to see aggressiveness. I want to see aggressive calling. I want to see aggressive offense. I want to see just beat the brakes off some of these teams because when it comes down the end, you may have one loss and we. 
we got to make an argument for you to get in the college football playoffs. We can't do that if you just beat Miami by seven. You know, we could do that if you beat the shit out of them. But so that's that's just me. It's a little personal because I know they've had better teams in the past, but that's what we got to see in 2022, Mike. We got to see the Maggies come out and play football like if you want to act like like you're there, like you've arrived, then play like it. Now jumping to the SEC East Shane, Florida Gators. A lot of unknowns with the Gators as well. But for me, I really want to see this defensive front seven and how they hold up against the run. They're, they're talented, but they're mm-hmm. thin, uh, particularly on that defensive front, Shane. And right out the gate, of course, they got Utah and Kentucky, two of the most physical teams in their respective conferences that love to run the ball. If Florida does not man up and they're soft, mm-hmm. they're going to lose both these games. I mean, that's just yeah. that's the way it is. But – can this new coaching staff have? Do they have them ready to play? I believe they will, but but again, it's just a guess until we actually see it. That's uh, Mike. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Florida Gators for me. I've got to see these boys. You know, I know it's a rebuild. Oh shit, Mike! My camera went out. One second. Let me switch batteries. All right. Yeah, it's probably going to be like a different, <laughs> different angle. But fuck it, we'll figure it out. There we go. There's your clap. <laughs> Pod shouldn't be this hard, Mike. You know, it should. There should be one camera that runs all the way through. Yep. It automatically uploads. I don't have to mess with it and create files, become freaking Bill Gates over here and figure out computers. You know, it shouldn't be that way. I've got, I mean, this whole setup, it, it looks... It looks great on camera, and that's debatable, obviously. I need to lose some weight. But behind the scenes, this shit's just glued together, you know, and it's just a matter of time for something fails, and then I'm just like, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if we weren't family, Mike. All right. Uh, you were talking Florida Gators and how they need to man up here in the in the opening games. You yeah, Kentucky. That's that's me, Mike. I, you know, nobody likes rebuilding. Rebuilding's no fun. It's not sexy, but you know how many times you just can't afford to get behind. And I think that's as a Gator fan, that's what you're afraid of. You you don't want a three four year old four year rebuild. That's that's not what you do in Gainesville. Yeah, Gainesville's one of those that yeah we okay we had a bad season we got a new coach. All right, we we got we found it throughout the season. Going into year two, we're in good shape. That's what they need, and that means they can't get blown out by teams like Utah. And I know Utah's got a lot of hype, and uh, we you know we've you've heard it. They, I, but I've watched videos. I watch videos of Utah, and then I watch hype videos of Florida Gators, and I'm like, you know, it's we're built different down here in the SEC. And oh yeah, and obvi- and obviously they got a good quarterback and whatever, but. We just can't lose by much, or we can win. I, I really, I really can't see the Florida Gators winning this thing. Uh, you know, I'm not calling an upset, but I'm just saying, if they do, or if they hang around and they beat a team like Kentucky, or they beat a team like Tennessee, then I think you're okay. You're, you're in the, you're in the path. You're on the path of quick rebuild. But if you fumble, and you're three, four games in and you've lost three of them, then all of a sudden it's like, well, can we hold on to these recruits? 
can, is this is this going to be a longer rebuild because nobody wants to play for a losing team? So that's that's one of my things. It's just more like momentum, but not like winning momentum, just m- progression momentum. And uh, I think that's what all fans want to see is just hit the ground running. Now, how about the Georgia Bulldogs, Shane? For me, it's all about this offense, Stetson mm-hmm. Bennett. I want to see them take that next step. And, hey, we sit here and say – you know, is Kirby, is he the new Nick Saban? Yeah. This is what Alabama does. I mean, they lose a ton on one side, and then what happens? The, the other side is elite the next year right. to catch up as they they don't rebuild in Athens. They reload. Yeah. I want to see them to do it. I know they got a, a difficult opponent right out the gate against Oregon. You know, they are massive favorites, so I'm not sitting here saying they're going to get upset. But they need to come out here, set the tone early, and they are just loaded. On that side of the, I mean, the mm-hmm. the offensive line's getting hyped up. They got the mm-hmm. best tight end room in the country. They've got running backs. They got receivers. Stetson Bennett's been in college for 16 years. I mean, this is uh, this should be one of the best offenses in football. And that's, I hate to say it, but go back to Utah. It's like they got all this this credit because they beat Oregon twice. And then Oregon gets credit because they beat Ohio State like week two or something <laughs> like that. I, th- those teams aren't the same at the end of the season. And to just say Utah's that good, but all right, I, I digress. I will save that. We'll save that for – that's just a little preview of uh, Florida-Utah game. But who are we talking about? Georgia. Georgia – here's the thing with Georgia. It is just – I mean, what do you say? What am I looking for? I, obviously, I'm looking for balance, man. I'm looking for – obviously, they lost a lot with the defense. Who steps up? Blah, blah, blah. We all get that. But what, it, what I'm really looking for, Mike, is does this team take a step back? There was a lot of people that didn't want to face the Georgia Bulldogs last year just because they were afraid of that defense. What are they going to be afraid of this year? Are they going to be afraid of the offense? Are they going to be afraid of the de- just the team in general? You know, that's the thing with Alabama. The reason that nobody wants to play Alabama is because they got that little chip on their shoulder. Nobody just – we called it the red team as a Tennessee ball fan. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. We did the red team, and then they just beat the brakes <laughs> off of us. That's that's what Georgia – they're they're creating this this – they're making themselves. They need to make themselves bigger than they really are. So people are afraid to play them. So uh, if you do have problems or you you mess up along the way, you can easily rebound. And that, I guess that's what I want to see from the Bulldogs. I want to see a lot, Mike. I know I keep rambling here, but I just want to see. <laughs> I'm always afraid of a hangover. I, I get is is that crazy to say? No. Like, yeah, LSU did it. LSU came out one yep. of the greatest teams ever, and then they looked terrible the following season Mm -hmm. so does is that what we see with georgia or or are they truly like the next bama or the nick saban alabama it's just i don't know i I just want to see them continue down the path that they're already on but you can you can stumble out of the gate and that's what you can easily do even though i just shit on oregon but that's a team that you can't afford to 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 mess around with this is you can't play with your food you gotta come out here and eat you know what i'm saying yeah now how about uh kentucky shane i one thing i'm not i just i don't know it baffles me that uh i think we just take it for granted because all they do down there is produce great offensive lines so we just sit here and say oh the offensive line will be good but they lost their three best offensive linemen they got a new offensive line coach they got a new offensive coordinator how does this line mesh together when, again, I know they got 
three very, very winnable games right out the gate, but they got that trip against Florida That's that looms so large. So for me, I'm dying to see how this offensive line comes together and, and if they really are just kind of plug and play down there. Yeah, and I think an easy answer, too, would be Will Levis and his progression. Is he truly a NFL top pick, you know? Um, but I think it's defense, brother. I think Kentucky should have won more games last year if that secondary would have tightened up. Mm-hmm. So so does does the defense take that next step? And not They don't have to win the games. We're not asking Kentucky's defense. We, we're asking them to keep it close so that Will Levis and company can take the lead. That's what we're asking. And, and I know it's a tough ask, but – you know that's what you built up there. This is a this is a team that also isn't rebuilding. They're just reloading. They're the the they they you know promote from within, if you will. It's like the next guy up there in Kentucky, and that's what they've really been good at. But I felt like this defense at times went on snooze, you know, and they they just can't afford to do that. If they're if they're really going to be in the upper echelon of the SEC East, they're going to have to have a really good defense to stay in some of these high shooting ball games that they're going to find themselves in. Now, how about Missouri, Shane? I mean, to, to me, this was a no brainer. I want to see Luther Burden, the five-star freshman <laughs> walked on a campus day one starter. You know, he certainly looks to be worth all the hype. He's, you know, he's got his own damn potato chip up there, Shane. <laughs> Give me Luther Burden. That's what I'm dying to see for the Tigers. How about you? Yeah, I I want to see the next best running back. Yeah. Missouri has quietly ha- and not just Missouri, but coach Eli everywhere he's been, he's put some running back in the NFL. And they've been able to do that last two seasons there in Mizzou. So, who's the guy? Yeah, we've we've gotten used to them just handing the rock to somebody 20, 30 times a game. Is that what we're going to see this year? Is there going to be one guy to step up or are they going to stick with a committee? Um, obviously you want to see who's that quarterback, but that's not the bread and butter right now. That bread and butter is the running game. And, and I want to see what does that look like now that Beatty's gone. Mm. Now, how about for South Carolina, Shane, there's, there's so many new pieces here that'll be, you know, Spencer Rattler, the receivers or running backs, but I really want to see, cause I think adversity could hit early Shane when they, they travel to Arkansas, they host Georgia. That's week two and week three. And then mm-hmm. they, they got a tricky Georgia State in the opener. I want to see how this team responds if they start a little slow and, and how these new pieces fit into Marcus Satterfield's offense because I got all the faith in the world in these players. But still, I got questions about their offensive coordinator. Now, I've said it many, many times this offseason – You'd be amazed how good of a coach someone is when they got all these elite pieces to work with. They didn't have it last year, in my opinion. So I think he is a much better coach than he showed last year, but he's got to prove it. There's no more excuses. Yeah, uh, that's a great, great point. I mean, talking about a frustrating coach at times last year. Now he does have the weapons, like you said, no more excuses. But – it's it's been all roses here in the offseason, Mike. We we've seen the hype reels, we've seen the fans. There's a lot of people on Cloud Nine. I I can't imagine I, every time I see Rattler, they remind me of how many games he's actually lost. You know, 
What does what does this team do if it hits turmoil? What is what do they do if they hit a speed bump? Mm-hmm. Can can this program bounce back? Can Shane Beamer and company bounce back because they got some tough tough asks, tough gets right out of the gate? And if they if they fumble, I just I've seen it with young staff where they find themselves in a spiral or, you know, they were on cloud nine and then all of a sudden the training wheels came off and they realized they can't ride the bike. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like, what do we see here with South Carolina? What do we see with the upperclassmen, the leadership when shit gets real? Because it gets real, real quick. That Arkansas game is no joke. And if they lose that thing, does this team spiral or do they bounce back or do they win the game? I, I think a lot of it may even be halftime adjustments, which coach Beamer has been, you know, pretty good at mm-hmm. do, do they start out? You know, that's one thing he talks about working at, working on is, is starting out of the gate strong, not fumbling and, and, and jumbling until you get to half and then make those adjustments. So I don't know. It's just the whole turmoil. Just can they fix it if something goes wrong? Now, the team we you've been waiting for, Shane, Tennessee Vols, for me, I'm dying to see this pass rush, if they can generate more of that this fall in particular, mm-hmm. because third and long just absolutely killed the Tennessee Vols defense yeah. last year. Hell, we were at the Ole Miss game. How many times did they have them in third and long? And damn, Matt Corral extends. You know, he gets one more yard than they need. It, it happened about 25 times that night. Have they corrected that? Can they fix those issues? Because if Tennessee can get off the field on third and long, they are going to be a very, very dangerous team. I think my memory card just ran out, Mike. Okay. It's a long pond, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, for sure we were going to make it all the way through to this one, but apparently not. We Shane, Shane rambling so much, we weren't able to get this one done, so. Um, I'm sorry, Tennessee Vols. That's usually what happens. We talk. Okay, here's the thing. Here's is what I'm looking for. Tennessee Vols mm-hmm. is um, completing games. I, I'd say the opposite of South Carolina mm-hmm. is there was a lot of games last year we were able to to not only have the lead but just like not even close. Like we were just far and beyond and then and then all of a sudden we 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 found ourselves letting teams eat back into it and then all of a sudden it gets serious there at the end or even losing so i i think my biggest one mike is now that we've got all these guys coming back how do we close out games do we do we did we learn anything from last year do we just if we can put up 100 points we put up 100 points i think that's what tennessee vols are gonna have to do they're just gonna have to keep scoring so i guess couple things I'm looking for in doing that is just keeping our quarterback healthy and and the offensive line you know we've had a couple of question marks here in the offseason but does the protection look better this season because I think if you can keep Hooker healthy we may have a fantastic season here in Tennessee but if he's running for his life or he's holding on to the ball too long then it, it, it's going to be a long go and, and he could get hurt again so mm-hmm. um, I say all that to say this <laughs> I say it at all, man. I just I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I think I was drunk at the bar. I'm just rambling here. But the fact of the matter, Mike, is I want to see Hooker stay healthy and us close games. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, Shane Vanderbilt. For me, 
I want to see if they're ready to play this year because they weren't last year. We've had a, a week long vacation in Hawaii. Does that focus mm-hmm. the team? Does you know we've got them out of their element? Maybe they're locked in, or maybe they come into this thing casual because hell, no respect for Hawaii. Fifty three new players on the roster. Clark Lee didn't have his team ready, or maybe they were just terrible last year. But whatever the excuse is. Should never have got blown out by ETSU. They get mm-hmm. blown out against Hawaii here. I'm going to have some serious, serious questions about the future of this program. So I, I need to see this team ready to play right out the gate. Oh, I'm going to double down with you, Mike, because I think that's the key. This Coach Lee, they're, they're talking about him getting three wins, two wins. It's like, just come out and play. Yeah. This, this is a team you should beat. This you're, All eyes are going to be on you. You're the only SEC program on TV. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of those eyes. Take advantage of that news because we're going to need something to talk about when we come back, <laughs> you know, week, you know, the following week. And we could be talking about how great Vanderbilt played. So this is your chance to audition. So if you're asking me, just out of the gate, how do you start? Yep. All right, brother. Well, hey, we went long on this one. Your, ca- mm-hmm. your camera died six times during the recording. <laughs> Memory card filled up, battery filled uh-huh. up. Anything else you got to say before we uh, close this one out? Yeah, see, Tennessee, start out great, and then we <laughs> wind up fumbling it here at the end, you know? <laughs> no, it's it's game week, baby. Like I said, and, and I'm going to be saying for the rest of the week, I'm just I'm pumped up about some action that's actually going to be on our TVs. Yep. I'm getting everything. I'm trying to get everything ready, and that's what we've been doing. We've been trying to work out the kinks, and uh, I will tell you, long loyal fans out there, new new followers here, we got some pretty exciting stuff going to be rolling out next week. So be sure to to, to keep an eye on the podcast. Uh, and you can do that through Twitter. You can do that through the any radio, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, but also on YouTube. Uh, turn, make sure you got those notifications on. It doesn't take but a second to subscribe, but uh, we got some pretty cool stuff rolling out this season, and uh, we want you guys to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, well said, Shane. I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for checking us out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Go Vols. Drink up again. There's your clap. Speaking of, what's John up to? (laughs) Just kidding.